267-1023. That's our telephone line. Our guest in the studio is the newly minted and fresh to the office, new mayor of Hamilton County, Weston <laughs> Womp. And Weston, we were talking about this just before we came live on the microphone. You are now in day what? 12? Day Ten? 9. Day 9. Day 9 on well, the week, job. Week day 9. I may be counting wrong. It's <laughs> one of these jobs. This job doesn't, gotcha. doesn't rest for the weekend. Have Have you been overwhelmed yet? Did you do the, oh my gosh, I got a lot, lot, lot to do. I told Brian that the first two or three days, the scope of you know, what we're tasked with was overwhelming. The last four, five, six days have been pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, There's that fine it, line between the two now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, you know, for us, it's going to require uh, focus to keep doing the things that we always said we'd do that mm-hmm. got you elected that we care most about. Mm-hmm. That's why I ran in the first place. What you see in a position like this that's equally exciting and intimidating and distracting all at the same time, or you see other problems, for example, county government, a lot of functions of county government are working well. A lot are stuck in, mm-hmm. we're stuck right where Dalton Roberts left them mm-hmm. in 1994. Mm-hmm. So we can do something about that, right? This is the kind of position where it's not like serving in Congress where you go, well, it just sucks and it's going to be that way. No, this, we can go and make a difference. We just have to be thoughtful about the limited bandwidth we've got. So what are the, you know, we're going to get into all the initiatives you covered as a candidate. Uh, Education was high on your priority list, crime reduction, law enforcement, all of that. But let's just, you know, let's focus on, okay, so, you know, new mayor takes office. Uh, What is, you know, that first month in office? I mean, what is it like? What, what What are the priorities like, you know, the first 10 days, the first 30 days in office? Part of what we had to do was go in, and we started this during the transition, is do an assessment of all the different functions of county government to the best of our ability in the shortest time frame. And that goes on. The reason it was important to us is your first county mayor, Dalton Roberts, had been effectively the county manager, analogous to a city manager. He'd been around county government. Your second uh, county mayor, Claude Ramsey, similar, didn't miss a beat all very familiar to him. Your third one had been a chair of the commission, Jim Coppinger. I come completely from outside of county government. So we would have been really unwise to act like we had all the answers. Mm -hmm. We knew everything about county government when, in fact, I have not served uh, but nine days uh, in government in my life. And so we sat down with the administrators and the directors. There's about 25, 28 administrators and directors who report right to our office to say, teach us what we don't know. Um, And, and, uh, you know, I think one of the other fears that we wanted to address early on was there's not been real turnover in county government in the county mayor's office in 28 years. And Mm -hmm. so we wanted people to know if you're doing your job well, you're never going to have a problem. And for the time being, just keep doing your job and, and, and don't fear. You know, there aren't layoffs imminent. We're not looking to bring in a bunch of political friends. I promised nobody a job during the campaign. Funny enough, w- once you get elected, you realize that that others do. Uh, and it just never occurred to me that that was uh, an appropriate path. And so well, we, 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 were, we were starting from a different place, I think, than a lot of people who go through a campaign for an executive position. Some of the appointees already, certainly there's some fresh blood there. We'll have Corey Guerin in the studio uh, coming up right after you at 9 o'clock. But I think that's an appointment that kind of caught people off guard because I think, I don't know if a lot of people were even familiar with him 
if they were familiar with him, maybe they thought he was still a professional baseball player, but it was definitely an outside-the-box appointment. Yeah. I mean, when do you got... What time is Corey coming on? Nine. Corey said, we're going to pass each other. Yes. Well, the problem with that is people are going to ask why Corey's not the mayor. Because Corey <laughs> is a really sharp, methodical... He's one of the most talented guys I know. Uh, I And he's got a better earn-run average than you. There's no question. He's got a better a lot of things. <laughs> That's what you guys are going to realize. Uh, but I did. I mean, I you know, I'm, I come from... Brian's known me for 12 years, and we've, we've seen each other... You know, in personal settings and professional settings. And now, my I, daughters went to school with you at Big Ridge Elementary. That's true. So, so. you know me when I was a little <laughs> a punk little kid. But my point is all I've been around are high-growth companies, and I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of uh, really talented people in the private sector. And, I, you know, I, I saw just as Corey and I become pretty good personal friends, I saw an opportunity that he he's always been interested in uh, in government. He'll talk to you about his own personal interest. And then as a baseball player, he was recognized – among his peers as one of uh, really one of the most heady guys in the game mm-hmm. and ended up spending six years on the executive committee of the Players Association as a result. So uh, any, I think people are going to be really uh, surprised. And already the feedback we get about Corey is, is awesome for two main reasons. One is aptitude. He's just a brilliant guy. Second, and this is the one that catches people off guard, he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. You don't expect a 10-year big leaguer maybe to be the most humble guy in the room but usually Corey is weston we got the news today from uh from the city at least that uh that the amount of bonds being put towards this new chattanooga lookout stadium will be capped at 80 million dollars that's uh on the city's end of things now obviously you can't really necessarily comment on the city end of things uh, but I know you know a lot about the new development that's coming to the south side. And obviously, you know, during the course of the campaign, there was a lot of controversy uh, regarding your opposition to that development. I know a lot of listeners uh, had a lot of questions about that. We don't really need to rehash the past. But um, but to get back into that development, because that certainly is going to be one of the biggest developments coming to the county, coming to the city over the next 10 years. So, uh your thoughts as you take office. The $80 million is a city-county number. I mean, those bonds are backed equally by the full faith and credit of both. So the city's doing more communicating about the project, which I'd like to see change because county taxpayers have the same downside. And I think it is mostly a downside project. I mean, you, <laughs> both of you guys have known me long enough to know that uh, I'm going to be the same guy in campaign season than I am governing. Um, I, I don't have, just don't have it in me to, uh, you know, try to be a different person here and there and everywhere. And that's what I grew up hating about politicians to begin <laughs> with. And so there are inevitably going to be some people who don't see eye to eye with me on the stadium. But, I, I you know, intentionally, my opinions and thoughts and, and skepticism about the project were misconstrued. They were misconstrued because asking tough questions is problematic when in this case, you've got Atlanta-based developers, Atlanta-based team owners who stand to make tens of millions of dollars. So you stand between a, a man and a deal he feels entitled to, and there's no telling you know, what you'll be called, and uh, <laughs> it's a precarious position to get in. Here's what I was thinking about this morning, getting ready, knowing you guys would probably ask about that. The stadium has been reduced for good reason. This is how you win the argument on a minor league stadium. It's been reduced to a question of nostalgia. 
do we want the lookouts? Do we want a new stadium for the lookouts? I'd offer an analogy, something along the lines of, you know, if somebody asked me, do I want a Ferrari? I'd say, yeah, I think (laughs) I would like a Ferrari. Now, what follows that that we can unpack is, is a Ferrari a good investment for me? Do I need a Ferrari? Is the deal for the Ferrari a good one or not? To clarify one thing, you you described it as a downside project. Um, What do you mean by that? Do you... Are you still opposed to the project, or do you mean downside in the sense that there is only, you know, there's plenty of good that could come out of this, but there's also a lot of downside. Like, you could lose a lot. I, on I a think if we're, if we're willing to be sober about what the challenges this community faces are, and that is mediocre public education, school facilities that have not gotten the investment they deserve, Still in our, I would say even worsening in many of our inner city communities, a hopelessness that breeds violent crime. This project, the largest publicly funded project in the history of our community, has no realistic potential to help on any of the big challenges we face. And I sit atop the essential services form of government. This is how I remind a lot of people to think of county government versus city government. The city doesn't have to do anything. And by constitution, the county would have to start doing it. Mm-hmm. If they fired half the police force, then Sheriff Garrett would have to figure out. Like the, when uh, the school system went out, of, city school system went out of business, by, county had by to do it. By constitution, the yes. st- yeah. And then there's a lot of things the county does that nobody realizes. Only the county does. And so I look, and that's why I use the analogy to a Ferrari. I'd like a Ferrari. Is it the best priority in my life with four kids? I don't know. Uh, is would I can I negotiate a really good deal if I could buy a Ferrari for thirty thousand dollars? All right, maybe it's beginning to make a little more sense. In this case, uh, a lookout stadium that costs eighty million dollars, if it costs eighty million, which I mean, you know, yesterday you got the city leaders talking about uh, we're going to hold it to eighty million. They were asked tough questions about interest rates. They speculated that hopefully, I mean, this is where the city's head is on the thing. Hopefully, the macroeconomic climate. The rising of interest rates will lead to inflation slowing down the same day that inflation's announced to be at eight point six percent. Okay, so they're in a real hopeful environment. My guess is you can't build anything close to the stadium they think they can for eighty million. When they first announced the project, interest rates were one hundred and fifty basis points lower than they are today, and it's almost certain that in the next month they're going to go up another seventy five basis points. So the deal has problems. One of the reasons I spoke out was simply because. Folks in Saudi Daisy and Harrison and Ottawa, which is a part of the county that I now serve, they didn't get it. They didn't understand how can guys come in from Atlanta and negotiate a zero-down deal on a stadium that cost $80 million. The last time the same team owner built a stadium was Columbia, South Carolina. Stadium cost $37 million, and Hardball Capital put up $7 million, and a private developer put up an additional one. There was $29 million in bonds. The city, in a hurry, because my predecessor and the city mayor got in a hurry. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows it was politically motivated. I don't think, I mean, right? I mean, come on. Do you think that's a fair assessment, though, a hurry? Because this is a project that's at least been discussed for a decade. Right. Yeah, they said they've been working on it for 10 years. The details are, I can just tell you as the Hamilton County mayor, the details are still coming together. Because it was rushed. We always, oh, I mean, for example. How do I defend, you know, that, that I say, you know, I use words like haphazard. We're, we're knee deep in this thing, and all we've ever seen is one watercolor rendering that is not, from an engineering perspective, even plausible on the site. So, you know, let's 
contrast that with Knoxville that's building a stadium of very similar scope. When Randy Boyd came to the public asking for funding, he already had pages on pages of renderings and details and private sector commitment. So this thing got hurried, and, and you've had, and I don't think this has helped the, with the public trust, you know, you had an official from City Hall at the previous Sports Authority meeting claim that there was a $650 million investment fund raised for the project, and he, they had completely conflated an investment fund that had been raised for an Atlanta project, and the developers had to come back and say, no, that's not right. No such fund exists. So... I have my own skepticism, but I'm looking at this from a standpoint of priorities. My priorities, okay. public education, making sure the jail's safe. Yeah. Austin Garrett and I have had three meetings since I took office mm-hmm. about what it takes. We're 77 men and women short, short at the jail. Sure. that That's darn near a catastrophic set of circumstances for the okay. county. There is no city jail. Well, we're... We're going to get into law enforcement, crime reduction, and education. I want to get to those topics because I know those are big priorities for you. But before we leave this topic of the new development, I don't want to put words in your mouth or 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 try to stir up controversy or, or trap you, you know, a gotcha question. But I think it sounds to some listeners like you're opposed to this. Sure. Absolutely. Because my, jo- my job for four years is to to the best of my ability, go fight to address the challenges that people around here have not been willing to make the hard decisions on. And I think that starts with big investments in public education. If there's a single aspect of the stadium deal that fires me up the most, it's this total blindness in the two-month process that took us from introduction of the concept, the master developer, to approval. That site, which is primarily residential, so the stadium will will anchor. The Chamber of Commerce, if you ask them, will admit that it's a residential development. They don't expect a lot of jobs to come there. It's going to be residential. Thousands of people will mm-hmm. live on that site. That site is zoned to Howard High School, which, first of all, is a very academically challenged environment. Mm-hmm. But part of what a lot of people in our community may not realize, and City Hall had no awareness of, is that when school opened this year, Howard High School had 600 more students than lockers. It's at 150% capacity. What kind of community makes the biggest public investment subsidizing residential development without even consulting its school system on the impacts? Our school system was never consulted. The principal of Howard was never consulted. And this is, you know, at the end of the day, I was saying, hey, who's making the money here? Who's lobbying who? Obviously, I come into this job with a sensitivity. It's part of my part of what I care about. I grew up around politics. I'm not easily lobbied. And, and, you know, when I, when I see a project that is not even indirectly going to move the needle in public education, it's going to be hard to get me behind it. We don't care. You know what? As a public, I'll say this as a public, we probably don't care about numbers very much. Do I care if the Atlanta Braves make money? No. Get that free. Sign Dansby Swanson today. So what I say, the numbers, and that's your job to, to crunch those numbers as you have. But I would say this. I drive by the Wheeland Foundry outside on my little bicycle almost every day. And I've said before, if you just clean up that area, that would be worth something. And I said, when even Finley Stadium, before Finley Stadium was built, we talked about an entryway to Chattanooga. You know, this was a great community. But when you see a, a rusted out shell, yeah. sometimes you just scratch your head. So Give me so, one more minute to address that 
part of yeah, this. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that has to be part of the equation. The don't Western, you, you, the Western Gateway. Yeah, I mean, you know, my colleague and my friend Tim Kelly. Yeah. talks all the time about the Western Gateway. I live in Lookout Valley. I drove by the Western Gateway this morning. Um, I get it. Also, normally we expect private property owners to not allow their land to just simply decay as right. that thing has throughout my lifetime. Okay. There's been no expectation they'd clean it up. And I would even argue no intent or desire to clean it up because the longer it sat there, the more mm-hmm. likely it was that they were going to get yet another giant subsidy. The city, I mean, the, the state of Tennessee has already put $35 million into the site, giving them the exit they wanted. There's now federal remediation money. They're getting an incredible free ride. But let's step back and, and recognize that the only way to clean up a site is not to build an $80 million baseball stadium. There's a million different ways we could have done that. This one certainly is a, you know, a hell of a public subsidy. I get it. But the, the, the last point there, and, and, and you live on that side of town and so you're familiar with it. Anybody who's familiar with the South Broad District as a whole recognizes it's going gangbusters. You've now got yeah. on, the, on the furthest south end of Publix, uh, another grocery store, you, you know, you're not introducing grocery stores in hopes that a baseball stadium comes. <laughs> you're, you're building a grocery store because so, there's an existing market and there's more residential coming online. And I know another guy in the studio who lives over in that area and can speak oh, to. Oh, and my property bars, value has increased dramatically. Bars and, and all sorts of other <laughs> venues that are coming to the South Broad, yeah. not connected to a stadium that's three plus years so, away. So it sounds to me. Like, maybe your big concern here, and in, in one of your greater concerns, you know, we hear all the time about the two Chattanoogas. You know, you got all this development coming. Fantastic. So many times, and the black community has made this point, so many times, you know, the black community, the inner city community, the more lower income community has always made the argument that, you know, we're not sharing in this pie. Or the east side. You've got developments coming. It's the same rich folks getting richer. It's the same upper middle class, predominantly white people who are capitalizing and, and, and getting good things out of this. It sounds to me like that's part of the argument you're making here is that at the end of the day, we're still talking about an area that at least if you want to move there with a family, you're serviced by Howard High School, which is a predominantly minority inner city school that has a lot of challenges. Is that is that what you're getting at, that building this gleaming development is not really going to have the trickle-down effects well, it's have to trickle. raise the rest of the community. Though. Not only will it not do that, it will aggressively gentrify historically black community. Now, I've never said this publicly, but I think you all will find it interesting. Early in the campaign, I sat down with the owners of the property. And they knew at that point, because for four or five years, six years, really, I've been pretty outspoken saying this is, stadiums are not great public investments. And Gary Chazen asked me, you know, well, and, and we know you don't like it, but, you know, wh- how can we work together? And I told him that one of the prerequisites for me ever getting behind the deal was for them to articulate to me and to the community how building a stadium would help the adjacent black community. Sure. I told us two white guys sitting there talking in a private setting about a year ago. Because, first of all, baseball is not the favorite sport in that community. No. Tickets at that new stadium are probably going to be unaffordable for students in that zone. I've asked if they're serious about supporting Howard High School, can Howard students have first dibs at summer jobs? Where's the real commitment? I've heard city leaders and developers talk about their intent to invest in public education. Well, when I reached out to my friend Howard's principal and said, what kind of commitments have been made? She's not even heard from them. That makes all my alarm bells go off because what do I care about? I like baseball as a private citizen. I'm not a private citizen anymore. 
I care about public education and lifting kids up into lives where they're ready to go to work and raise a family and contribute back. And we've just not done that. So we've gotten really good, especially your, your sort of business chamber of commerce crowd, which I arguably come from. We've gotten good at saying we really care about these things and then going and committing our resources and our time and effort in a different direction. I wouldn't argue that at all. 